Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Real Talk with Shoot and Shock. It's been a pretty historical week with one of the craziest World Series and one of the craziest NFL trade deadlines we've seen in recent years, so we're going to go ahead and just jump right in here. Yeah, hey guys, what's going on? Uh, that song was called Touch off of Kane's new EP. Again, link will be in the description. Make sure you check it out. Uh, but yeah, we definitely got to talk about that World Series, Chuck. Yeah, for sure. So... Like we said a couple weeks back, it went seven games, and it couldn't have been happier uh, other than the fact that game seven was not as entertaining as many people predicted, but with the entertainment we were provided games one through six, you can't really complain. Yeah, and you know we got the outcome that we were kind of hoping for with uh, Houston winning, winning it all, but... You know, we would have liked to see a little bit more, um, you know, excitement in in Game Seven, but got you know a couple of home runs, and really, I think it was uh, pretty evident that the managers, you know, throughout the series, um, that was really the result of better managing on the part of the Houston Astros, at least in Game Seven, um, because the way he managed the entire series, they were able to come out in Game Seven and just kind of walk through them um, to the World Series. So that was that was pretty exciting to see. Yeah, and the one thing as far as the Astros go, you know, if you're in a Game 7 in a away ballpark against what many people would argue is a superior team, I mean, not many people would have said that the Astros should have won that series. So what they did coming out and putting runs on the board in the first two innings is exactly what you need to do in order to win Game 7 of the World Series. So you got to be nothing but impressed with that. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be remembered as why they decided to start you Darvish over Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the all the stats on paper pointed to you Darvish being, you know, a good start. I mean, again, they went out and, and acquired that guy for this specific reason. Um, and nobody could have really predicted that he was only going to go three innings in the entire World Series. I mean, that is just kind of embarrassing on his part. And, you, got, you know, he's got to be feeling like crap. Because, again, he this was the reason that they acquired him. And the fact that Kershaw was good to go um, is only going to make you question that after the fact. But, again, if you look at it on paper, I think playing him probably was the right move. Uh, who, who's going to figure he's only going to be able to go, you know, two innings after only going one inning his last outing? Uh, I just couldn't see anybody predicting that. No, you're right. No one could. And so, on paper, it did look good. But that just showed you that um... – it could one decision swings the whole series. So it's disappointing from a fan's perspective that you hear leading up to the game that Kershaw is ready to go 27 innings for you. And then they decide to not start him. And then when he does come in, he starts dealing. And all you can think of the whole time is what this would be if Kershaw had started. It probably would have been zero zero. Like we had seen throughout the rest of the series going into the last couple innings. But you know, hats off to the Houston Astros. Couldn't be happier for the city of Houston and, you know, the championship, they definitely deserve it, considering Hurricane Harvey and all of that. So considering our team was not in it, that was absolutely the outcome that I wanted to see. But uh, overall, definitely one of the best World Series ever and reminds everybody why baseball is so good in the postseason. Oh, I agree 100%. You know, the, just the amount of home runs alone in this World Series make it one of the best ever. Um, but the way that those home runs came to came about, especially, you know, like we talked about Game 2, um, really, really exciting baseball all the way around. And it definitely, for me, was one of the top five. I mean, you know, you know, obviously the Cubs last year winning it after that long drought, that's up there by default. Mm -hmm. um, and then, 
you know, you got when Boston won it as well, uh, you know, with the bloody the same reason. and all that. Yeah, yeah and the same reason. Um, but, you know, those were, at least for me, um, a little bit more exciting just because of the history behind it. But this one was definitely right up there with those ones. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. And the other one that comes to mind for me as in another great World Series is when the Arizona Diamondbacks won theirs and Randy Johnson was pitching for them. I just remember being in the basement with Dad and watching that and – they get that late hit in the ninth inning to win it. It was pretty awesome. So yeah, that that's a good exciting. one too. But For the storylines sure. in this game, um, off outside of the you know diamond and stuff like that, were just made this one so good. So definitely, um, congratulations to the Houston Houston Astros on that. But what was I got to know from your perspective what it was like being in Texas? Because like I think you tweeted something like seeing all these fans makes me wonder if we'll ever see a championship in DC. So how was that for you? Oh man, that? you know it, it was it was mixed feelings. Obviously, you're happy for for all the guys uh, because their team won. And again, I live in Texas now, so it's like you know I, I kind of uh, can can pull for them uh, legitimately at least. But mm-hmm. you know it just it does depress you because you see everybody wearing their Houston gear everybody's just like the, the whole mood of at least you know everybody around me was was so elevated that i can only imagine that's what we would feel like if we mm-hmm. got there uh but you know in with all our recent history it's it seems unlikely that's going to happen and obviously that's a pessimistic view but Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the coolest things to me was all the footage of the parade yesterday. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you saw that video where they're all in the parking garage and the, the lady's hat falls and they throw it up to her um, level to level. Uh, but that, you know, that was was one of the cool stories. And, and just how many people showed up to that thing on a mm-hmm. Friday. The, the whole city was packed out. And uh, you love to see that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I think awesome. the only parade you're going to be able to see that might mimic, or I mean, have, would have surpassed that is when, you know, Cleveland and LeBron won the title. That was mayhem down there. But Oh, man, that was unbelievable. The thing is, is I think it would be just as crazy for sure if a D.C. team wins the championship. I feel like I the, would hope so. the, the city of Washington and D.C. has just been waiting so long. So whether it's basketball, baseball, or football, whoever gets it first, if it ever happens, you know, knock on wood, um, it's going to be mayhem down there. It would be tempting to fly back for, for that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, no question. I mean, one of those like once-in-a-lifetime type things that you would really have to consider flying back for. But you have to also feel for the city of Houston that not after two days after they win the World Series, their potential MVP, at least forerunner of the Rookie of the Year award, Deshaun Watson, tears his ACL in practice in a non-contact drill. So highest highs about and lowest lows. Yeah, talking about practice. But so... You know, we'll see how that shapes out. To me, in my opinion, that pretty much effectively ends the Houston Texans season. I mean, you can't overcome loss of Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and two other of their players that are just completely done for the season. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, you know, we'll I've see how that few, shapes out. I've talked to a few Houston fans, and uh, a lot of the sentiment is, yes, we're upset that Deshaun Watson hurt himself, but uh, if you if you had to give them a choice that you're going to lose Deshaun Watson if you win the World Series – Ten times out of ten, they're going to pick to win the World World Series. So true, and the um, fact that you know they weren't expecting this year to be a really good year anyway, and now they yeah. have something to look forward to. So things are looking up for them in Texas over there. Yeah, so uh, you know, kind of want to segue into uh, a little bit, you know, different thing here with with uh, some of the things we've been watching in in Chalk. I got to mm. tell you, man, I know you're not a bit, you know, you haven't got into it, but uh, one of the reasons I've been thinking about keeping Netflix is solely for this show, Stranger Things, man. Uh, I watched the first season when it came out. I was hooked, um, and now I'm, I'm. I started season two last night. Got a few episodes in, and already I'm, I'm wanting to get back on it. Uh, 
But you know, part of part of the reason of, of watching that was to really see if the content that they're putting out is worth keeping Netflix. And I gotta say, that one at least makes me uh, hesitant to switch. Yeah, no, and I, I know we kind of bashed on Netflix a couple weeks ago, and are we really going to cancel it? No, probably not. Probably I mean, not. it's just one of those things that you know, majority of my television viewing comes from Netflix, and I just. <laughs> like to complain when they take away my favorite shows but True. to that end i definitely i did the same thing i took a, a step out of the box and tried some new netflix original content this week and watched this kind of a docu-series it's called the confession tapes so if anyone who's out there who likes documentaries and things like that especially crime ones i would definitely check this thing out it's basically a series of different cases where people were put to prison for life really solely the only evidence they had were false confessions because they were in interrogation for over 10 plus hours and stuff like that and it's really really crazy and the one rule that i learned watching this thing and you know we took it for granted having a dad who's a lawyer but whatever you do do not talk until your lawyer lawyer gets there for sure so yeah you know it's funny you mention that because uh you know i teach government and that's one of the main things that i try and stress with my kids Mm -hmm. uh when going over you know your rights for with the police like that is priority number one always ask for a lawyer yeah no question even if you're 100 percent innocent and not we're not here to bash anybody i'm just saying from that documentary and what it was it was hashtag stay woke because (laughs) i was i was kind of blown away a little bit but it's definitely worth checking out if you just kind of want some different change of pace. So shout out to Netflix for making that one. Yeah. Speaking sure. of uh, documentaries, there's another one um, that I wanted to get a plug in for that uh, a lot of people may kind of just skip past and it's, it's called ice guardians. Um, and it's, you know, fairly long. It's about an hour and 45 minutes, but it's about uh, the role of enforcers on the hockey team and whether or not it's still necessary um, or what it means for the sports that they that they allow these guys to just basically be goons out there and run around mm-hmm. and, and and fight if if you step to the superstar player um, and whether or not that's going to be around uh, moving forward. And I'll tell you, I watched it just just to see what it was about initially, and I was not expecting it to be as deep as it was. Man, it was like mm. you know had me questioning a lot of things about sports and uh, society in general. So definitely worth a watch. Uh, for nice. Sure. I love those sports documentaries that also do that. I mean, that's why I love 30 for 30 on ESPN. So um, can't wait for that Ric Flair one to drop on Tuesday. Uh, It's definitely going to be one that I'm going to check out. You know, it's about his life, not only as a wrestler, but just on and off the in and out of the ring. So yeah, that's going to be another good one. We'll have to let you know how that is next week. So I'm going to definitely watch it. But, you know, other than that, just been a busy game. I've been busy weekend for gaming, you know, obviously with the Assassin's Creed game that we've been jumping into the last two weeks. But on Friday, the new Call of Duty dropped. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, Call of Duty World War II, we've been talking about it. Um, and so far, i got to say, Chalk, it's kind of lived up to the hype. Uh, you know, we played a good amount of multiplayer yesterday with Blake Dog. Um, he was getting frustrated, as per usual. But, uh, you know, once yeah. we – and we weren't doing very good, I'll, I'll be honest. We weren't doing very good. But, you know, we're still rusty. We're used to playing games like Destiny and Battlefield. Mm-hmm. So um, we got to <clears throat> get back into the swing of things. But – the, the campaign, um, you know, I made a video on this. Please go check it out on our channel. Uh, I made a video w- about the first 20 minutes of the game, and I was blown away, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. Um, you know, it kind of it kind of seemed like an old game. Uh, you know, they kind of remade a little bit of things from, from older games, but the graphics, dude, it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. 
Yeah, and I would say that to anyone who's going to jump into this game. Um, I had to try to talk B-Dog off a cliff last night because obviously you think that you know how to play this and you should be good because we played first-person shooters for forever. But there is a strong learning curve with that game just because it takes it back to the roots where the last couple Call of Duty games where you're playing, you got all this high-tech futuristic stuff that makes it just a little bit easier. Now we're going back to the iron sights and older guns and stuff like that. So... Um, I'm excited to keep going and trying to get a little bit better at it. So it's definitely worth um, getting if you want a competitive first-person shooter to just jump in without really, you know, having to invest a lot of time into it like you do with Destiny and stuff. So like I mentioned last night, you know, the Call of Duty leveling system is unique in that it's rewarding because you want to do it. You want to unlock the rest of the guns and stuff, but it's also doesn't make as much of a difference if you just jump in a number two ranked person can still shoot and kill a prestige three. You never know. It's just about the skill of the game as well as upgrading and leveling. Whereas in destiny, you pretty much have to level in order to play end game content. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you got to remember too, if you're going to jump into it, there are people who have been playing the beta. So there mm-hmm. are going to be a lot of people out there who are much more skilled than you on the multiplayer side. Uh, so it can get frustrating, but um, as is the case with all of the other Call of Duties that we've been really good at, um, if you stick with it and you and you you know just go through the growing pains, um, usually you can get pretty good at it and uh, mm-hmm. start to dominate those matches. So, yeah, and our call to gamers still stands. If you want to get the game and then join our clan, we're three one eight. That's the Shri eighteen clan that we have going with us. So. Definitely would love to have you come play with us. Just shoot us your PSM. We'll add you on the network. So another thing is about our YouTube channel. You're going to start seeing more videos. Like Chip mentioned, he did a walkthrough of Call of Duty. I also made one for Assassin's Creed, kind of just explaining how the game is played through a random side mission. So we'll always try to avoid spoilers for you for one, so don't worry about that. But two, if you see something or you want us to do a review or tutorial about how to play something in particular games, definitely let us know. We'll do it for sure. I mean, I know our buddy Chris asked us for that Assassin's Creed video, so I went ahead and made it. So definitely let us know what you want to see, and we'll make it happen for you for sure. Yeah, the content is is really driven by what you guys want to see. So, you know, again, reach out to us. Let us know. We'll we'll play whatever games you guys want us to play um, and, and make some videos for you. Yeah, and so now we've got to segue into – the crazy week of the NFL trade deadline, some of the most uh, <clears throat> active trades we've ever seen in the last couple of years going down in the NFL this week. Yeah, I mean, usually there's like a period of like a week or two where these trades start happening, um, and it all kind of seemed to be like a day before or the day of the trade deadline mm-hmm. uh, where they were all just waiting to the last minute. And, you know, the first one I got to mention, dude, is what were the what were the Dolphins doing? I don't know, man. That J.H.I. trade, man. Madden wouldn't even let you execute that trade in the game because it's unfair. It really, it's mind-boggling. You know, with everything that's going on in Miami with the coke that the coach that got fired for doing cocaine, and there's this rumor that's leaked that Adam Geis said something to the effect of, "I'm going to make an example out of somebody, so I'm going to trade him." But you traded him to the number one team in the NFL. You did that guy the biggest favor he's ever had. Now he gets to go be on a contender and. You got nothing out of it. And you got a fourth-round pick. You know, a fourth-round pick has, I think, less than 10% chance of actually being an impactful starter on your team, and you just gave away an all-pro running back. I don't really understand that move. So very confusing. But really the biggest trade of the week, and not only because of what it was, but the implications it's going to have this offseason was the fact that the 49ers went out and acquired Jimmy Garoppolo from the uh, New England Patriots. 
Yeah, you know, um, Kirk Cousins' agent was not happy about that. <laughs> I think that was uh, the first thing we said that night. It was like the one person who's probably the maddest right now is Kirk Cousins' agent. For sure. You know, and again, it's hard to tell where Kirk Cousins stands on this because he's always saying the right things. And, and Alex mm-hmm. has alluded to maybe he has good PR people, and that's maybe the case. But uh, I like to think that a lot of the reason that this, this whole Kirk Cousins situation is even here is because of his agent. And mm-hmm. uh, if this made him the least – you know, just the least bit uncomfortable this trade, then then good trade. Thank you, San Francisco, for doing it. Yeah. And, you know, the real the weird thing is is that, um, you know, the Patriots were getting a lot of interest at the beginning of the season, and they still didn't trade them. And so a lot of people are wondering why only a second-round pick. But the biggest thing to me is they're not going to franchise tag a backup quarterback because clearly this signals that the Patriots are riding with Tom Brady until he's done. So there's no transition, uh, you know, backup plan in place now in New England. I think when Tom Brady is gone, so is Bill Belichick. I think he's like, nope, I'm on my way out, so take this second-round pick. But be that as it may, it really just kind of shakes up everything that's going to happen for Kirk because everyone's assuming that if he were to leave D.C., he would only go to places where he knows the coaches, i.e. Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco or Jared, I mean, Sean McVay in uh, L.A. However... Both of those now appear to be no longer options. Jared Goff is playing like a number one pick should play now that he's got For a coach sure. who can teach a quarterback. And then uh, now the 49ers look like they went and got their quarterback of the future. So it's going to really make some things interesting here. However, I still think there's going to be a market for Kirk Cousins. And regardless of what you say personally, because I know you struggle with this whole thing about should we sign him, should we not sign him, how much we should pay him and all that. I think it's going to make it still very interesting come March. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you alluded to, man, I I am very, very back and forth with this whole Kirk Cousins thing. Like, every time I hear he's going to hold out for money or whatever, I just get so mad, and I'm like, let's just get rid of him. Who cares? But, you know, you always kind of bring me back off of that ledge and and make me realize that he's better than what we don't know. You know, the the devil you know is better than the one you don't. So. It's just it, it uh, it's just so frustrating, you know, and to be honest. Am I going to sit here and argue that we should pay him thirty million dollars a year? Absolutely not. No. First of all, my biggest thing about all this is that that money is fake money. You know, those numbers make no difference. Whether you're making twenty five million dollars a year or thirty million dollars a year, it's still a ridiculous, insane amount of money that your great grandchildren won't be able to spend. So that's why I don't really get it. But at the end of the day. It's really not Kirk Cousins' fault that he happens to play the most important position in the NFL and does it pretty decently, and I'm, I'll say top 15. But For sure. as we can see, a top 15 on a free market is worth all the money you could possibly spend just because of the fact that if you have a game manager-type quarterback that is still can excel in certain areas, you can win Super Bowls. Look at Russell Wilson and Joe mm-hmm. Flacco. For sure. Um, you know, even Alex Smith is in that camp. You know, I mean mm-hmm. – the having a manage, manageable quarterback is the key uh, if you put the right pieces around him. And if you don't have those pieces, then you need the, the all-star quarterback. Um, but Kirk is not that. He he is the guy that will manage the game and you know won't lose it for you every time. Uh, but you would think that he would notice that, hey, maybe I take $22 million or $20 million and we have a little bit more money to spend on the pieces around me mm-hmm. and I don't have to carry the load. Uh but, you know, again, his agent's in his ear and telling him you could be the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL. So, of course, he's going to want to do that. Yeah, and so 
it really comes down to if he's going to want the money or if he wants a championship. Because if he wants money, he can probably go, I don't know, to Cleveland, really, if he wanted to, but he'll lose forever. And I think this year has nothing but shown Kirk Cousins that one thing he always preaches is continuity. Well, clearly, when you lose your number number one and number two receivers, you lose that continuity and have struggled a little bit. So I think... Hopefully that he's thinking, okay, I can see what it's like when you transition people onto a different offense. All he's do- dealing with is new teammates, not a new coach, not a new coordinator, not a new offense. Yeah, He's just struggling with new teammates, which would all four be the case should he leave. So I hope that you know that's resonating with him a little bit, and we'll see if that's how it plays out. But, you know, at the end of the day, for me, if we have to just pay him whatever it is, I'd say just pay him just so it's done and over with. And then we can move forward knowing that we have a quarterback. That's what worries me the most is that should he leave, we're back to square one. I know that people say we can play Colt for a year while we draft somebody, but still, it's going to take time, and I'd rather just not have to worry about that anymore. I'd rather just put that issue to bed, go out and get a top receiver or a star running back, something like that to where we can really explode, where if he leaves – we're back to square one on offense. Oh, you're exactly right. We're starting over from scratch, and, and I don't think either of us wants to be there. No. Um, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But, you know, really, as far as this week goes, you know, we got to play a very tough Seattle team out in Seattle all the way across the country. So normally going into Sundays, I try to find some shred of optimism for Redskins games. But with the injuries we have right now and the team that we're playing, it's going to be a struggle today, for sure. And, and the environment. You know, it's one of the hardest stadiums to play in in the country mm-hmm. um, for the NFL. But seriously, Chuck, what is happening with the injuries? I saw, what is it, I, earlier this week, 21 people on the injury yes, report? 21 people on the injury report. You know, your active roster is 53 people. So This is almost we'll, like, a, it's almost like a joke. It really is. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there from other teams like, oh, we're injured too, i.e. the Houston Texans, the Green Bay Packers. But I don't think anyone's had 21 people on the injury report, let alone your entire starting offensive line. I mean, both tight. We have two tight ends gone. We have a receiver gone. Our starting defensive, both of our starting defensive tackles are gone. Mason Foster, our starting linebacker, is gone. So it's really, it's hard to believe what's happening. Um I don't know what it could possibly be or how this is even the thing, but it really has turned this season upside down. I think prior to injuries, we're easily a top five team. Now yeah, that we're I injured, agree. we're barely middle of the pack just because we got guys out there that even their own teammates don't know their names. I saw an interview with Preston Smith said that he didn't even know half the guys in the locker room. Yeah, and I, I saw one last week too where one of the offensive linemen, literally like Kirk Cousin met him right before the game. That was it. First time he met him. So shook his hand in the locker room. Yeah. So, you know, it is it is crazy. I mean, we're all, it's almost like the replacements out there at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know most of these guys who are who are filling in and you know, again, I don't like to make excuses from injuries or whatever, but it definitely has affected the season in a negative way. And you gotta look you gotta wonder what's going on with the strength and conditioning or whatever that is you know, not making us so that we can withstand the regular season. I don't get it. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I don't either, but I don't know because it's not really just singularly the Redskins, though. I mean, like I said, there's it's just devastation across the league, and I think a big part of that has to do with the CBA that's in place where they only hit so many times during the week and preseason and, you know, during the week, it's the only contact they're really getting is on Sundays for the most part. I mean, full violent contact for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. You know, 
I think that's playing a role in it. But at the same time, football is just a violent, violent sport and injuries are going to happen. So you would hope that with that mentality, we could figure out a way to come together and win. But it's just going to really come down. It's going to be a battle of the two quarterbacks, which to me is an amazing matchup in itself, considering both of these guys were drafted in the fourth round, projected to just be backups. Yeah, you know, especially a guy like Russell Wilson, who everybody kind of thought would just be, you know, float around the league for a few years and then be gone. Uh, nobody mm-hmm. predicted that he would be, you know, this good. A, a Super Bowl champion quarterback. Already. Right, right. But, you know, Pete Carroll saw a lot of potential in him, built the offense around him to fit his play style. Uh, and you got to give him credit for that. I mean, he, he utilized that player in the best possible way uh, mm-hmm. to turn him into what he is today. And then on the other side of that, you have Kirk Cousins, um, who statistically is a phenom, really, uh, if you look at it. Um, His numbers, but, yeah. Yeah, but can't, doesn't have the same success on the field that you know Russell Wilson has. So it is, it is quite interesting to see both very good quarterbacks, one with a Super Bowl, one can't even you know get out of the play, uh, first round or whatever it is in the playoffs. So. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, hats off to Russell Wilson. This guy, you know, not only had to transfer to a new school, his you know redshirt senior year to go to Wisconsin to play and learn a whole new offense, was voted captain, and played well all the way into the bowl season, and then gets drafted by a Seahawks team that had just signed Matt Flynn for fifteen million dollars. So yeah. he was one hundred percent projected to be the backup, and he goes in there and not only wins the job, but a year later wins the Super Bowl. So. The thing about Russell Wilson is that, is he the greatest quarterback? No, but he can invent back there in the pocket and roll out and just extend plays to where no one can stop him. But really the most impressive thing to me is when I watched NFL Network put out a a three-minute so highlight of the last time they played Seattle where Russell Wilson had, I think, 122 yards rushing on 11 carries. and. While that's an insane amount for a quarterback, not only is that the most, the single most impressive thing is how he's able to run and always slide perfectly. And there's a reason why he was drafted into the Major League Baseball as well, is because he's a heck of a baseball player. And that transition that of the slide to his football career is what has made him so good. Oh, for sure. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. You know, that was one of the biggest things that, that really hurt RG3 mm-hmm. in his early days is the guy could not slide to save his life. So he was taking all these unnecessary hits, uh, and our, you know Russell Wilson rarely does. I mean, of course he gets hit every once in a while, but if he's running the ball, you better believe that run's going to end in a slide. And uh, If it's gonna, in bounds, yeah. Right, he's going to avoid that contact at all at all costs. So I know. I think the Redskins even brought in Bryce Harper to try to treat, teach RG3 how to slide. And yeah. If you've ever watched RG3 try to slide, it's about the ugliest thing you've ever seen for a guy who was widely known as an incredible athlete. I mean, he would probably would have be if he would have just chose track over football coming out of college, he'd be sitting at home with a gold medal around his neck from yeah, the Olympics. For sure. But could not slide and or protect himself, and that's why he's sitting at home right now. You know, there's a lot of talk about you know Kaepernick not being signed, and no one ever mentions the fact that RG3 is just sitting at home. For sure, he, he can't even get a job. So. For sure. it's, it's crazy how that shakes out, especially for the fact that the Redskins are going in there today and RG3's backup is now our $24 million man. So I could only imagine what that's like for him watching that at home. But, you know, that's the nature of this game. The NFL stands for not for long. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, who, who do you think is going to win a one, win one today, Chuck? You know, what's depressing is that, you know, we do this poll every week with Nolf and, you know, the one that mom wins for some crazy reason. 
Yeah. And I've done this pool every week for you know three, four years or whatever, and every week I always pick the Redskins just because I feel guilty. I'm like, I cannot choose my team, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even though I know – and that's probably why I've never won this pool is because <laughs> I always pick the Redskins, you know, come hell or high water. But, you know, this week I'm sitting there, and I get down there, and it says, you know, Washington at Seattle, and I'm thinking to myself, there's just no way. We can't go into the 12th man as injured as we are with none of our playmakers. And, you know, I, I, I'm scared of how many offensive offside penalties we're going to have today. It's going to be at least five with the noise and guys who just haven't played in that environment. So yeah. I definitely think that, unfortunately, we're probably going to lose. And, you know, unless we can run the ball for over 100 yards, because apparently Jay Gruden is like 3-20, and 20, when we don't rush for over 90 yards, which is a crazy stat. So unless we can run the ball, I really don't see any way we're going to win this game. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, unlike you, I, I picked the Redskins this week in the pool just because, again, I feel bad. Um, I do, I do pick against them sometimes, but today I just could, uh, this week I just couldn't do it. And, but I do, do, I do think that it's going to be a tall task for us to go in there and win. Um, and that, that's not to say that we can't. Uh, crazier things have happened, and of course we're mm-hmm. going to be pulling for them and cheering for them, uh, hoping that they do. But um, I will not be surprised if we come out of there today with a loss. No, and of course I'll be standing the whole game, and I'll feel sick to my stomach right before kickoff, like I do every week. But you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll Kirk see. Cousins comes out and shocks us because he's going to need to throw for about 300 yards if we're going to have a chance. And you know, I would love to see Terrell Pryor step up in the absence of Jameson Crowder, but. You know, to this point, I have no reason to believe that that's going to happen. So, yeah, with the same. injuries, if we'll count it a pleasant surprise, but we'll find out next week how we feel when we we shoot the next episode. So, yeah. you know, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. As we said, there's going to be more content coming on the page. Just be sure to check back whenever. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to our channel, so that way you can get those alerts in case you so you know when we're putting up new gaming videos, new new content so definitely be sure to check us out also give us a follow on twitter as always i am at chalk 73 and chute is at mr c but we appreciate it guys you all have a wonderful week